a lot of my work truthfully was like unraveling and peeling away all of the layers that told me I needed to do this and this and this in order to be happy, fulfilled, successful, and realizing that my path really wasn't going to be linear and that the best and the like kindest and the most um, purposeful, but also most expansive thing I could do in my life was continue to choose me and unapologetically step in. And as I kept doing that, even as scary as it was, because people often ask me, you, you know, how, how, how can you be so open about this or how stepping out of the spiritual closet, right, in some ways, um, which I think previously was way more taboo. And the thing is, it usually is scary at first when who you are is different than who previous versions of yourselves may have shown up as. Hey guys, I'm Allie Moresco, and I'm here with my co-host, Cindy Lufred, and this is Slightly Spiritual. Are you curious about dipping your toe into the realm of spirituality, but not ready to drop $1,000 on crystals? We have got you. Grab your adult beverage of choice and join spiritual medium Cindy Lufred and health advocate Allie Moresco for unfiltered, soulful conversations with a healthy dose of wine, curiosity, and laughter, of course. Grounded in a passion for genuine human connections, we will discuss the good, bad, ugly, and the odd around all things wellness, spiritual, and woo-woo with each other and our occasional guest. We aim to bring modern spirituality into your daily routine to help empower your life. Spoiler alert, we are all slightly spiritual. All right, you guys, today we have a very, very special guest, Katie Calder, aka the Human Design Lady. Katie, thank you so much for getting slightly spiritual with us today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Um, so a little about Katie. Katie is a human design reader and intuitive guide, a spiritual mentor and coach, a wellness content creator, a yoga teacher, and above all else, a seeker, which I loved when I read that. Um, in all that you do, I know that you are here to serve, to guide, to listen, and, um, you know, you, like you guys listening, she is ultimately here to thrive, which is a beautiful way of putting it. I know through your own personal development, empowerment, and spiritual journey, you have connected um, to your true dharma in a very deep way. Katie's mission and purpose is simple, and that is to empower you to embody your truth and live your fullest, most purposeful, and most expansive life. Another thing about Katie um, that has nothing to do with anything else, but I discovered recently is that you literally have the most beautiful hair that I have ever seen in my life. So while, while we're getting human design, you know, tips and secrets and expertise, if you have any hair advice, I will like happily take that as well because it is stunning. Oh, this is the kindest comment. Well, so it's so crazy. I was a diver growing up. Uh, so I was in the pool every day for like three to five hours a day. So my hair was terrible all when I was younger and like wouldn't grow at all because chlorinated hair is doesn't grow and it's like that shiny like brittle so it was really short for a while and then when I stopped diving which was probably when I was 18 a little bit before it started growing and growing I was like I am embracing this my hair is healthy so there isn't too much I try to not wash it that much but um, I would say that the key to my personal hair health has been not 
being in the chlorine. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're doing something right because it's so pretty. Oh, thank you. Of course. Um, all right, Cindy, I'm going to hand it over to you for a minute. Okay. Well, Katie, I've been like following your journey. I was just reflecting on this. That I remember when you used to have like a different name, like Namaste or something yeah. was your name. And then like, I think it was this, this year, last year, you're like, you know what? I'm owning it. This is me. This is what I'm going to do. And I was like, yes. And then on the same lines of those, you just quit your corporate job to do this work full time. So congratulations. Yeah, congrats. That's phenomenal. Yeah. And I think we want to kick it off with just, can you talk a little bit about, you know, the timing of it leading up to it? I know you did a post about talking about the exact day and the eclipses. Mm -hmm. And I would just love to hear more about that whole process. And yeah, like all, the it, all the things, all the things. Yeah. So you're so right. My name, my personal Instagram name was Namaste before, and I started it as kind of this secret account during, um, at the end of my yoga teacher training. And it was just like things where I would share my musings. It was more yoga focused, but that was really the doorway into, I want to say my spiritual awakening. And so I changed it. I wanted to change for a while. And then I think it was about a year and a half ago or so I changed it to my name, but throughout the past, I'm going to say four years, I have been on this journey of not only discovering myself, but like coming back to myself and coming back to who I am at my core with none of the conditioning. And that started with yoga, went through astrology and tarot and numerology and all of these uh, different paths through self-development and spirituality. And then about three years ago, a little over three years ago, I found human design and nothing had ever so described me to a T. And it's like, I could not get enough of human design, which I know we'll talk about a yeah. ton of detail. And so I started like probably a year after I first found it. Cause I just dove in all this to anything and everything I could find. I was, it was almost like a language that I I knew like the back of my hand and about a year in, I started doing readings and sessions. Um, I had a friend who recommended me and it was such purposeful work and such work that was lighting me up like nothing else. And I was working in um, corporate software for a little over four years. And last Monday, which would be what, November 30th, Yes. The first eclipse. Yeah. I quit my job. And and also I'll talk about it. I was men, I knew I started yoga teacher training three months into my corporate job because I was like, Oh, this was what was gonna bring me happiness and success. I checked all the boxes and I felt so miserable, so numb to life. And so being like having done all the things quote unquote right, and then realizing, oh wait, I have no idea who I am, no idea what I want diving deep into yoga and to spirituality and to like self-understanding to then realize very quickly in that this was not my path and to kind of find my path through that. So about two years ago, probably I knew that I was going to leave, but it was all about timing. Right. Yeah. And it wasn't the time yet. And it kept not being the time. And what's so interesting is throughout the past year and a half, I want to say there've been a number of things that I thought that I was going to do, but it wasn't the time. And I, I trust my intuition, my guide, spirit, universe, whatever you want to call it, God, uh, so fully and so thoroughly now, because I'll give an example. 
um, I thought that this March I was going to quit my job and go move to Bali for a month and like start everything. And I, I even before that, last year, I thought I was going to move to LA and every, I went a couple of times, every time I went, it was like, not yet. I want to pause and just interrupt you for a second. Cause I, I get a lot of clients that ask me these types of questions of like, mm-hmm. how do you know, like, how do I know a, what a sign or like when you said you just knew, or you were getting this, it just message that it wasn't mm-hmm. time yet. Can, can you give a specific yes. example of like how yeah. you, it wasn't the right time? Cause I think it's easy to get signs when it's like the right thing, but it's sometimes hard when it's Absolutely. Not the right thing. Well, so part was getting really clear on what it is that I wanted, which I was. And also part of it was like doing a lot of the shedding work around, um, is this fear? Is this scarcity? And it was, none of it, none of that was there. I had, I had consistently gone and like shed the scarcity, shed the limitation. And so when the, it was a kind of a gut feeling, but just a full body feeling of, unsureness and of no. And so for me, things, um, it, I, I know you talk about like Claire's, right? I'm, I'm claircognizant and clairvoyance are my top. And so the claircognizance part is basically just this knowing, and it's very hard to describe, um, but it's like a full body knowing that this is not the time. And so part of me would be really, really frustrated because my whole being was like, but I'm ready, but I'm ready, but I'm ready. And then knowing how things have happened in my life, though, it makes sense. So I'll go back to March where I was planning on quote unquote leaving. And I kept hearing, no, not yet, not yet. And I was like, what do you mean? I'm, I'm supposed to leave. I'm not supposed to be in this work. That's, that's not my purpose work. And I'm, I'm ready to jump. And from, from my whole body was just saying, not yet, not yet. That's when the lockdown started. That's when COVID hit. That would have not been the best time to go to Bali. <laughs> And get locked out of the country. So, so I was finally like, oh, thank you, spirit. I, I am protected. I am guided. Like, thank you so much. Because I also had almost planned on moving to LA. Um, I visited there in February. And I was in plan on like March 25th was going to be my moving date. By looking at the astrology and everything. And everything in me was like, nope, it's, we're not going there. Thank you, spirit. Thank God. Thank I think everything that I was guided. And so then I kept listening and I was like, oh, okay, this is time and kind of used it as time to really, really check into what I wanted, which even from the beginning of the year, I was like, I want to be a nomad. Talk about a year to become a nomad, 2020. But here's the thing. I realized that my soul was calling me to do that more than anything else. And so basically in end of July, I moved out of um, Chicago. I was still in my job, work remotely full-time and was called to a number of different places, Hawaii, LA, and, uh, Steamboat Springs, Colorado for very specific purposes to like get codes, to get wisdom from the land, to meet specific people, activations. And I realized, um, when I came to DC, which is where my family is and is kind of a landing spot right now, that my soul didn't want to leave my job just yet because there were pieces that I needed to go to specific places to like fully merge what I'm stepping into. And so about a couple weeks ago, it was literally 1111, the 1111 portal, Mm. whole body knowing was like, you're done. You're done. 
Yeah. Like all, there was no, no shadow of a doubt. Every single bit was like, you are absolutely done. And it was the biggest freedom and like expansion that I've felt in such a long time, because it's something that I've known for a while, but I was just waiting on timing. And it's, it's somewhat hard to explain because if you're not aware of your own limiting beliefs, or if you're not aware of like really dropping into what is the reason behind why you're calling something in, it can be hard to decipher what's fear or what's you just resisting or what's you like, what is actually you listening to not only divine timing, but spirit in guiding you the correct way. And so when, when I knew the timing was right, it was like done looked at the astrology, talked to Lauren too, to just confirm. I wanted yeah. to do it on a nine day. I wanted to do it at the beginning of this eclipse portal because what is so wild is what we're in right now. So yeah. I left, left on Monday, November 30th, which was the beginning of probably the most massive eclipse portal of our lifetime. I want to say of the last 2000 years where we're stepping into the Aquarian age and it's opening up this doorway for just like tremendous massive expansion for humanity and I have been waiting for this portal all year like since the middle of 2019 not that there is like not that you can't shift your life and change all the time but when I looked at the astrology of this year I was like whoa right away and so the fact that timing the trust of the timing the trust that my soul knew that it had other things to do first and had this opportunity to you know have financial stability through the job or whatever. And then to really, really know, um, when it was time to fully step into my purpose work into my Dharma, it's like, I will never not trust that again, if that makes sense. And I, and I just continue to, and so timing has been everything. And I don't, I don't know. I know that that you each have kind of individual connections to that and they probably operate in different ways, but, um, does that answer the question? <laughs> oh, yeah, it was, it was amazing. I mean, I like have so many follow-up questions. I don't know where to begin. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to talk, talk about the eclipse port a little bit. And then I also just want to say, I'm like my personal, when I quit my corporate gig, which is, it'll be two years this March. Wow. So I did quit in March, which is funny that you were also thinking about March timing. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, it was both like when picking the time, it was both a like personal thing, meaning like March is a very special month to me just in general. It's also, I think you're the astrologer or human design. So you would, but I believe it's actually when the astrology calendar restarts, is it in March technically? It is Aries season. Yep. Yeah, yeah, I am Aries. Oh, well, there I don't know if that means anything, but here I am. (laughs) Yeah, but like technically it's the end of like one year in astrology and like the start, even though we look at January 1st and like the regular calendar, whatever that would be called. So anyway, so that was another big piece. And then the other big um, thing, so March is like a month I was looking at. It's also happened to be my fiscal year for my business, like company Mm -hmm. started and ended. So like it was, my bonus was like safe after March Mm -hmm. 1st and I had to worry about losing that. Like, so it was Mm -hmm. just a lot of things, both in my personal life and with my business and with like astrology were lining up with that. And then Mm -hmm. it happened to me for B being a retrograde and I was so scared to leave. And then Lauren, Mountain Astrology was like, oh, it's it's okay because you're, it's like a retirement. And so I started calling it, yeah. Yeah. I started That's calling so it my funny. retirement because <laughs> Mercury retrograde is supposed to do things that start with RE. So I was like, oh, I'm retiring from I my corporate. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm retiring from my corporate career. So that's what I was telling everybody. I was like, this is a retirement and I'm going into what I'm really meant to be doing. So it just, 
yeah. And then there was like a million other things that happened in my corporate gig where the universe was just supporting me in that. Like once I had picked the timing, supporting me in that. So yeah, oh my gosh. wild. Oh, so supporting. And, and it's so crazy. Cause I had had a lot of bitterness or just different things around the company that I worked for and yeah. learned so much and needed to work at mm-hmm. one of the biggest companies in the world and understand like the system and understand really how yes. the workings of how the system operates. Yes. But I always potentially thought that it was going to be, I left and never looked back or didn't have any like fondness towards that chapter of my life. And what's so crazy is I was shown in just the last two weeks, one, how supported I was and leaving on exactly the right foot and on everyone, my directors, my managers being so supportive of this decision to step in and me really being able to show up and talk about what I'm moving into, even though it's a little bit out there. Um, and also, and even just timing in having, having like the best quarter that I'd ever had and really setting them up and putting them on a good foot. Uh, I, I couldn't be more happy or feel more like it was just a clear cut decision to go. Yeah. Yeah. And on my note, I got demoted after I had the best year ever, like ever in my corporate career. And I was like, peace out people. (laughs) You do not demote me, but that was the universe being like, you're done. I was going to say, that's what, like, as somebody that doesn't know a lot about these things, I just listening to both of you talk about your very unique individual experiences and how similar, but how different they were. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like Cindy and I always talk about how the universe sometimes makes you like a little uncomfy. So you'll go where you're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And, but going back to like talking about signs and symbols and, and receiving, you know, them when it's not right. And when it is right and things like that, it's interesting that the universe made Cindy uncomfy yeah. and it, made, I was wavering it like <laughs> wavering on I, my decision. I don't know. And then it, it gave you like the best experience you'd ever had. And then you were able to end on a high note that yeah. thinking you know- I will pause you for a second. Actually, the major catalyst was like, I'm done. I'm not doing this anymore because yeah. not, it yeah. it got really bad in the amount of just increased responsibilities. And it was like, there was a moment, it was the day before 11-11 and it was the night and I had realized I'd reached a breaking point. And then I realized that that was my clarity in leaving. And then the exhale happened. Yeah. It was like the build, the build, the build that had been building really for the past four years mm-hmm. and then the release. And then everything kind of fell into place because the decision had been made. Yeah. So I have one more question for you then before I bring this back to human design, because I have so many freaking other questions for you. <laughs> um, so I have a very good friend who was at a corporate gig for a long time. And eventually ended up at the beginning of the pandemic um, getting furloughed and then let go, which was very, very sad. Um, but hearing you talk about how like you had this great like financial quarter or whatever you would call it um, of like earnings for your company and things like that. I'm thinking back to like my friend's experience and how that kept happening to her and she knew she was meant to leave her job for other reasons and never did it, never did it, never did it because she was driving so many sales and didn't feel like she had like a true reason and da, 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 da. And I'm curious to get like either tips or like your opinion on for anyone listening that maybe doesn't feel like they have a quote unquote, like reason to leave their job or they're doing really well in their job, but they feel called towards something else. What kind of inner work or like what 
shadow work? Like what should they be doing to, I guess, feel more comfortable leaving and doing their own thing, even though there might not be like a quote unquote reason, um, which I totally am all for like people going on on their own. I, I'm a business owner, like forging your own path and things like that. I just feel like the conversations I have time and time again with my friends, they're like, there's no reason, there's no reason, there's no reason. And I'm like, cause you want to, and you feel passionate mm-hmm. about it. Like that's your reason. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, I, I do want to preface by saying, um, in me doing well and hitting numbers, I was not compensated for that and had not been compensated fairly for a very long time. And so part of just, there was stability in that there was a stable paycheck, but, um, there was no sense of, uh, that if I did better, I gained anything. It was a clear, it was a clear decision in my mind for a while that I was staying purposely to create stability to listen to where my, what my soul wanted me to do, which at the time was to travel and, and focus more on that. Mm-hmm. Um, the, to the question of like shadow work to do and, or to leave, even if there's no reason, I would say the greatest reason is if your soul feels completely like not only out of alignment, but kind of dead and unable to do the thing. And so I'll give personal examples. And this happened very early in my corporate career, which is what what the huge red flags were in that sending a one-line email felt like the hardest thing in the world. Whereas I could learn and dive into the technicalities of some obscure astrological text for hours or learn like the inner workings of a system like human design and just go and go and go. And so part of it was first noticing where my joy was and what I would do to like recharge or actually come back to myself. And so again, through my journey, like started with yoga and other things. And then from there, a lot of my work truthfully was like unraveling and peeling away all of the layers that told me I needed to do this and this and this in order to be happy, fulfilled, successful, and realizing that my path really wasn't going to be linear and that the best and the like kindest and the most um, purposeful, but also most expansive thing I could do in my life was continue to choose me and unapologetically step in. And as I kept doing that, even as scary as it was, because people often ask me, you, you know, how, how, how can you be so open about this or how like stepping out of the spiritual closet, right. In some ways, um, which I think previously was way more taboo. And the thing is, it usually is scary at first when who you are is different than who previous versions of yourselves may have shown up as the more and more I do that though. And I have, peeled away the layers and just step in as me, the more and more everything, all the signs or all of the things show up. And so that happened through a series of rock bottoms for me. Like I think a lot of people, their, their journey and even their journey in um, kind of stepping away from whether it's the corporate career or whether it's whatever the status quo is that they're doing sometimes happens from these nudges from the universe that, turn into rock bottoms because oftentimes we don't leave unless we're so uncomfortable. And so I don't believe that we need to have rock bottoms or like lows to shift, but I think they often come in that because 
if we're comfy, then we don't move. And so another thing I would say to look out for or to do shadow work around or whatever is like, where are you super uncomfortable in your life? And what is that telling you? Because oftentimes it is pointing to something and oftentimes that like trigger, that trigger point, when you look a little bit deeper into it, it opens up this doorway to really step into where is the correct path. And that, and, and I would also say that don't worry about the how, just like continue to take the steps and trust the nudges, but like look at the area that's so out of alignment or maybe in alignment. So in alignment with where you want to go or out of alignment with where you want to go and step in and question it a little bit deeper when you do. I mean, every single time it's like for me, for clients, I'm sure you know that like the world just opens up and the steps lay out in front of you. If I was to tell myself four years ago that I would be doing human design and like intuitive guidance full-time, I would have been like, you're crazy. No way. And I would have never, I would have never, never, ever been able to guess the how, but because it was just like following not only the joy, but following the steps that helped me better unravel the layers to see, oh, that's where I've been the whole time. That's where the world and like the universe, God, source, creator, again, insert whatever word you use, showed up for me and showed me the path and laid it out in front of me. So it's like dig into the discomfort or dig into the joy and the spark, even if it makes no sense. And then watch as kind of the things lay in front of you. I love that. You just explained that so well. Jeez Louise. (laughs) Yeah. And I also want to, because I want to just add one caveat with this, not caveat, but add a note, which is, I love what you said about if someone had told you four years ago that this is what you'd be doing, you would have said they're crazy. Because I said the same thing about when I was doing what I'm doing now. And I used to, when I was like quitting, getting around ready to quit. And just afterward, my friends are like, we can't even imagine you doing anything else. And I was like, I couldn't even imagine myself doing this like a year ago. Like, and that's the thing where clients come and I'm sure they come to you too, Katie. They come to me and like, well, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. And they expect us to have all the answers. And I'm like, that's not helpful. If your consciousness has not expanded to the point where you can even visualize or start to dream about having this path of this career it's not ho- so helpful if I tell you that because you're just gonna think I'm not and not come back to me you know what I mean you have to the nudges right so I think that's another like caveat like to tell people and you said so eloquently Katie which is you have to follow the little nudges you have mm-hmm. to follow the little things that spark joy you have to just take little steps and notice the things that are in alignment and the things that are not in alignment because that's the work it's not like actually coming up with some big dream and then you're yeah. heading towards it. It's not, it's not how the universe works. Yeah, it's it's a start. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh, this is so good. And my final thought on this, just say I need to respond. It, this is so everything. And Cindy, I know that this happens to you. And I think that this is a testament to, um, really like honoring the person and the person that comes. I all the time get people who are like, should I get a divorce? Should I, what am I going to do with my life? Like, what's my career thing? And I have answers that come to me and I have all these potentials that come to me. That would be totally out of integrity for me to tell that person because it potentially takes them away from what their soul is guiding. And so I think as in the work that you do, my number one goal is to 
give you the tools and show you that you have the answers in front of you, like to empower you to know that you have the intuition and have the access just as much as any of us do. Right. And when you actually lean in instead of outsourcing and empower yourself to know, Ooh, look, look where that's been nudging me. Sometimes it just needs someone else to prod and be like, Ooh, this is how it's been nudging you. Right. Then you already have the answer. Mm-hmm. But I love, I love how you said that because I think often, even within, you know, the coaching, teaching, self-development, spiritual mediumship, like all these spaces, there still can be an outsourcing of information, which really doesn't end in, end up being helpful at all. And yeah. so the more and more you can realize, like, even where you're doing that in your life versus trusting the, the comfort or discomfort that's, that's an example in and of itself. Like I I had a very long period of time where I continued to get get the message that I wasn't supposed to work with anyone. Like uh, for me, for my personal work, it's like, no, no, your number one thing is working with your intuition. Your number one thing is listening to your guidance. And every time I would maybe book something with someone, it'd be like, nope, Mm -hmm. which I, I am a huge fan of like you book, like working with guides and working with healers and teachers. But if you're intuition is telling you, you, no, 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 you got to turn up the volume and listen to me. It always has the answer for you. Yeah. I love that. Mm-hmm. None of us are going to have jobs anymore. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 but we will, but we will. But, right? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah. Well, cause healers need healers. Teachers need yeah, teachers. Know, guys need guys. Yeah. 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 No, I know, I know, well, I know, I know. I also think like I'm <laughs> I'm the first one to always say, I am nowhere near Cindy. I am nowhere near you, Katie. I have a very strong intuition. Um, My mother and my grandmother and my great, my great grandmother was a Streganona, which is like an Italian witch um, in Sicily. And um, my skills are not, I still sometimes try to push them away. And like, my mom is very, very, very in touch, but has not like honed her skill, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, even though I, I met, I tried the whole shebang. I like meditate every day. I have the crystals. I freaking listen to Cindy, poor Cindy. Um, <laughs> you know, I try my best, but like, even as somebody who leans into my intuition and um, is like, trying like you you still need your people and like I would consider you I'd consider Cindy like a, a real human being like guide to me I don't know the right way to put it yeah like here on earth yeah. so yeah yeah I mean you need somebody to get you started you do you do I mean I do too I mean I still go to people so I'm just I was just kind of kidding with that but I'm you're like, oh, still, people are gonna listen to our podcast you're, yeah, still, yeah. you're still stuck <laughs> with me getting me started I'm like oh I guess I don't need to go see them no. well no no but that's the truth of the of the guy, the real guide, right? And that's that yeah. was only for a very specific amount of time because I learned so much from everyone, anyone who I, yeah. even clients, right? So much from every yeah. single person. But I think all of the guides and like the guides that you go to, they're always going to nudge you back to correct like, what your truth and like what your soul really knows, right? Correct, correct. Any good one, like do you know what I mean? Like you, yeah. like. You, yeah. Katie, you, Cindy, you're the first one to say, you got to do the inner work. You got to do the work yourself. You yeah. got to, you know, yeah. Um, and yeah. it's funny because I've talked to like other friends that like maybe are not like as into like the spirituality world, I guess, or like haven't met Cindy or work with Cindy. And they're like, 
oh yeah, I saw this psychic in New York that like da 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 da. And you're like, no, no, like that is not, it's not the same. It's not. The yeah. Same. It's like a different, it's just different. It's not. Um, anyway. Okay. Are we going to transition to human I am. design? I'm bringing us back like, in. We got to talk about human design because, because I'm, I'm like, so many questions. Yeah, We're going to be selfish. like two hour. I want to know it all. <laughs> I know, poor Katie. Um, I only blocked her calendar for 30 minutes. I know, and like, we're we are at basically at like 440, but okay, we got to get into human design though. Um, so, wait, so I loved when we were chatting when we first got on and you you two were talking about how you're not excited for your birthday. And Katie, you were saying that you don't get excited about anything and how <laughs> your human design. So I want to know, sorry, I, I like get so excited. I'm like pausing for hand gestures, da, da, I'm like, she can't see me. And like, what are you doing? I can feel um, you. So how did you essentially, like, how did you find human design? How did you realize that it was like your true calling? Like, is it something you knew growing up or is it something you just stumbled into and found? And now like, I want to talk about how you use it in, in your daily life. So I'll save that. But like, how did it come to you? It came to me through my journey of like figuring out who I was and through diving into all of these systems. So astrology was my first love, dove super, super deep into astrology, still um, like astrology first. When I found human design though, after diving really deep into Myers-Briggs and the Enneagram and tarot and numerology, like all of these systems to better get to know myself, they all showed me who I was, right? And they all like nailed me. But when I got to human design, it was like nothing had so given me permission to live as me and also provided a strategy and a route and tangible ways of using that every single day. And so I found it, I think it was on a podcast, I found it. And the second I heard it and the second I was listening to it, I was like, oh, this is it. Dove in, dove in every day after that and just like ate it up. And so how I use it, I use it in everything that I do. And I, I always say that you don't need human design. You don't need astrology. You don't need these things. But for me, I have a Virgo moon, so I'm analytical and love. I love systems. I love um, ways that I can like organize my knowing and like what my intuition is already telling me and have that confirmation. I think that that's really, really helpful to for people, especially if they're just getting into spirituality or self-development, like having something that shows you and lays out like this is you. And so what human design is, how I use it, human design basically is this system that combines all of these ancient systems, combines Eastern and Western astrology, the Hindu chakras, the Chinese I Ching, the Kabbalistic tree of life, quantum physics, biomechanics, all of these systems into this one modern system that provides this blueprint of your soul. It's like literally the energetic blueprint of your soul's contract. And it provides this route to live out the highest, most, most authentic expression of yourself. And so in essence, human design shows you in your perfection and it shows all of your strengths and your gifts and your genes. And it also shows all of the areas that the world probably conditioned you away from that. It only made so much sense to me because when I was in the like diving into my own journey and, and really a journey that like started from when I was born and then I was kind of taken away just from living life. I felt like I, I, got away from myself and then came back to myself, it showed me this route of knowing, oh, all of that stuff from 
when I was younger or like any, any traumas, any experiences that made you feel wrong, those actually are my gifts. Like those things that I tried to change, these are actually the areas to lean into. And so what's so crazy is that there's no one size fits all, right? Everyone has this, these, this uniqueness. It's the science of literal differentiation. And it shows us how we're all part of this greater microcosm shows us how we best live and flow, shows us a strategy of how to best use our energy of the other that shows us how we individually use, have intuition, like how our intuition works through us. Um, it's like our body's intelligence and it, it just takes us back to us. And so to your original question, which we were talking about before, which was uh, we were talking about birthdays and how Cindy and I don't get excited in my human design, I am what's called an emotional manifesting generator with a okay. profile. And if you are an emotional, which is about 47% of the population, that's what's called your authority. Having emotional authority is basically how you make decisions for you. What that means is that I, um, my decision-making style, I don't necessarily have truth in the now. My, my life exists on a consistent emotional wave, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And if you are an emotional, you have one of seven different emotional waves. I have two of them. One of my emotional waves that operates all the time for me, it has this steady climb and then it plummets dramatically when expectation is not met. Mm -hmm. um, it's called a collective wave. And, and so understanding this and literally like understanding that dynamics and the energetic components of my wave in real time has shown me that when I do in fact like have high expectations or have expectations about things it does drop and so it's always weird to me because I, I knew this before I knew my human design and really dove in deep but I never really like people never got it when they asked me like oh am I excited for this or a trip I'm going on I'm like I don't you know I'm I'm just here and I never really did get super excited about things until I'm there in the moment. And I realized, oh, wait, that's actually the correct way of me operating. Because when I do, if even if it's high, if expectation is high or low, like it just doesn't, it, it's not good for my wave. <laughs> my wave crashes. Um, and so that's like a very, very little glimpse into one aspect of using it. But when I mentioned it before, that's, that's kind of what I'm talking about in regards to that. Interesting. Mm -hmm. So interesting. Um, wait, can you say your human design one more time? Yeah, I am a six two emotional manifesting generator. Oh my God. What I are you? Even, I, well, I don't, so I'm a manifester, but I passed that. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know. Oh, at the bottom of my thing from Lauren, it says specific manifester. I don't know if that means anything. I have all my notes inside. I have to like read them to remember it and figure out what it meant. I'm like definitely due for, for another. <laughs> I did my first one. So I um, met Cindy and then went to um, an event Cindy was doing at Space 519 yeah. with Lauren. And that's how I came across Lauren. I was like, wait, what is this? I need to figure this out. And then 
shows you like what a patient kind good soul Lauren is I went to her house for a reading and I think it's supposed to be like an hour and literally I was there for like four hours (laughs) I had like 20 pages of notes like just wild yeah so wild um but I really do try to like implement it like day-to-day things like that um so I always I'm so curious to know like what other people are um and I'm also curious, like now I don't know what I'm talking about at all. I just think it's interesting to see like my loved ones and like my close friends and things like that, like what they are. Mm-hmm. So for you, like with your friendships, your relationships, your family, is human design like one of the first things that you look at to know like how to communicate with them, like things like that? Because you actually understand it. Yeah. <laughs> I love this question so much. Um, if I can get someone's birthday and birth time, because just uh, so everyone's aware, if this is the first time you're hearing about human design, to find your human design chart, I, my favorite website is geneticmatrix.com. And you want to put in your first and last name, your birth date, your birth time, your birth location. The birth time is actually very important for human design, even more important than for astrology, because things shift pretty quickly. And so it could actually change the whole chart. So getting your birth time is um, clear. So if I have access to someone's birth time, absolutely. And it's so interesting because I've been looking, diving really deep into my familial, like all of my family's human design, because the first people that we're quote unquote conditioned by are our parents. And so looking at the energies and the dynamics of your, your parents' charts, your siblings' charts, friends, like it not only helps me understand how they operate, but it gives me so much compassion for the other. And it gives me so much more understanding of like, is this person someone that I need to reach out to in order for them to really be able to be fully expressive? Is this person that you know will go away for two weeks and then will come out of their hermit shell and like talk about all the things is this someone who's going to be talking to a million people all at once is is this someone who needs a lot more time to make decision is this someone who just um has a lot of pressure going on in their chart and so that pressure might might affect me is this someone who has um a fear of the future that's really prominent in their chart but also is like super super psychic it's something to to know and draw out. And so these are just like tiny little blips that I am obsessed with knowing people's human designs, not as a way to limit, but as like every single person I see, and I've done hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of sessions, I get so excited because it's like, whoa, this is you. And you are so different than me, but like, look at all of your gifts and your strengths and like the things that we can all learn from and how you operate when you really step in to operating as you, because when we give others the space to do that, then we also give gift ourselves the ability to do it our own way, right? So it's a long answer to the question of, do I like look into others and look into my friends a hundred percent and it's only strengthened and improved my relationships a million times over. Oh my gosh, that's so special. That's re- I think that's so neat and um... I think it must bring so much value to like your family's life and your friend's life. And, um, you know, the fact that like, you're willing to take the time to like look into their charts and like work with them in that way. And that you're so compassionate in that way. I think that's a really special thing. 
Totally. But I would also say that, like, I'm sure, Cindy, you probably can relate to this in some way, but it's also not putting my beliefs or expecting someone else to need to know that. Like, I'll never force someone to look at their human design or whatever if they don't like, for example, my family's, we've, I've never really dived into it with any of them. My mom's not into astrology or human design, and I think is a little bit scared of it. And so I know that. And so I don't necessarily like will not go into hers, but for me, knowing it is beyond helpful. You must have been like reading my mind because literally I was just about to say Yeah, I was like (laughs) legit we have telepathy going on right now because I I was literally about to say that my family, my I think I've been pretty open with this. My parents are Catholic, my mom is very religious and really support me in what I do. I think she's curious and is like proud of me, but doesn't but that's as far as it goes. Yeah, yeah. My family have never wanted to know about theirs or what they're very supportive. They're like, that's great. Like you're clearly people, people love what you do. Yeah. Yeah. They don't know. My, my mom asked the other day, cause I'm currently at home probably for the next couple of weeks at least. And she was like, I, my friend, I was trying to describe what you do to one of my friends, but I, you're going to need to write it down for me. Cause and but part of it is like literally my mom said the exact same thing to me yeah. a dozen times yeah, like no like, idea yeah, I can't like no clue I'm like I can't yeah. <laughs> I just have him call me because I'll just explain it because but it's, it's such a testament to us like I want to go us Cindy because yeah. like and I, I'm saying this and this so links to so many of the previous conversations that we've had throughout this podcast so far in that you know if our earliest conditioning is from our parents and also our parents teach us how to be safe and like what it is to make money or get a job or whatever. And that, and when we realize that our path might be something that they totally don't understand to continue to step into that and to know we're safe and to like honor that, even if it's, you know, not, it, not, not supported, but like not understood. Right. Cause we all want to be understood. I think that's a huge Testament to like really stepping into the fear and really doing the quote unquote work. Yeah. And the biggest thing that human design taught me, because I don't, I'm not an expert at all. Like I barely know my own thing, but the biggest thing it taught me was it gave me permission to release other people's shit. Like I was like worrying about stuff and whether it's a conditioning or like, you know, worries of someone else or, you know, whatever Mm -hmm. it is, it gave me permission to let that stuff go because Mm -hmm. something in my chart, I have no idea. Or my human design is basically like, I, I have an open emotional center or something. So like I sort of reflect back, I think to people, or I don't know what, whatever. I mean, my emotional amplify. Yeah, I amplify. Yes, that's the word. I amplify other people's emotions, but then I'm also an empath. So I would take them on at the same yep, time. Yep, yep. 100%. And I was like so caught up in all that for so many years until finally someone introduced me to human design. I think it was Lauren, but maybe you, I don't remember. And they said, no, this is, this is not your, and I was like, oh my God, this explains like my entire life, not just my parents, but like friends being like, you don't like that. And I'm like, what do you mean? I don't like that. I've never said that people were projecting onto me and I was amplifying it back to them. And then they were being like, it's you saying that. And I'm like, no, 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 I've never, I've never said that. Like it just explained so much and just gave me permission to release it. I was like, this isn't mine. And okay. it was just, it was so good. So I'm not trying to cut you guys off, but okay. I am pulling you both back as the newbie. <laughs> um, 
Maybe I can, you should hear our conversation. I'm pulling you both You down. should hear our conversations on the side. This is supposed to be high and low level and we're getting high level. Sorry. Which I love. I'm sitting here like with my chin on my thing. Like This is why we have oh, you. This is why we have oh. you here. You can um, like, keep us reined in. So for those <laughs> Wait, do you hear us talk about Atlantean energy and like 5D? That'd be a different podcast. <laughs> we're going into Atlantis. Um, we're, it's okay, we're already probably going to have to break this into two. It's fine. So the third one, when we rope you into coming back, that'll be the next one. We got to prime people first. <laughs> oh, this is so good. Um, wait, so, so I have a very... Um, I'm lucky enough to like know Cindy, know Lauren, follow you. And I under, I don't, I don't understand. I shouldn't say that. I know that there's different types of human design. So there's like manifestors, generators, projectors, reflectors who are like apparently very fancy and special. So I made the mistake of telling my sister that and now she literally will text sister. me. Oh, you're my sister. One, yeah, my sister Ash is a reflector and she's like reflector power. Like oh every five God. seconds she'll text me that. And I'm like, oh, oh my, my gosh. gosh. So <laughs> but so for people listening, mm-hmm. would you mind giving us a quick breakdown of like these different types of human design? And then I'm going to ask you some more questions so that looking back, people can understand <laughs> what we're talking about. So basically I'm being told that I'm getting cut off. <laughs> my story. You're not getting cut off. I just know that it's if fine. I don't know half of what you're talking about, nobody else does. Oh, you're fair. You're fair. No, <laughs> go, I'm gonna, totally I'll- fair. Totally fair. And I'm sure everyone's enjoying so far. And so we'll reel it back. And just to, to also say we are all fancy and special. <laughs> yes. Good. Yes. Thank yes. you. That makes me feel, I'll take it. It is. We are. So energy type, this is what you're referring to. The five types. It's the first place you start in human design. And I really want to um, emphasize this, that energy type is your aura. It doesn't necessarily talk about your traits though, or like the nitty gritty of you that's found in all the details in your chart. And so if you pulled up your chart and you're like, what the heck is this? All these triangles and squares and lines. Basically, if you pull up your chart, you'll get this super complex map of basically who you are. And it shows me down to decimal points, all these aspects in this beautiful way that the energy moves through you. But the first place, as Ali said, to start is your energy type. And so your energy type is like your aura. It's like how your energy best works in the world and how your aura impacts the others. And so there are five types, manifestors, generators, manifesting generators, projectors, and reflectors. And being one or the other doesn't make you more special or better or whatever. It's again, just how to best use your aura inflow. You could be a reflector and be a lot more like a manifestor. You could be a generator and be a lot more like a projector personality-wise based on so many different things in your chart. But again, how to best use your aura inflow in alignment so that you can feel the most success, satisfaction, peace, ease, flow, joy in your life. And so we'll start with the manifestors. Manifestors are always what I start with. They're about eight to 10% of the population. And manifestors back in the 1700s, they were actually, or actually 1500s, something like that. They were the majority of the population. And because manifestors historically were the kings and queens, they were always the people that started the wars, that started the things. They're here to just do it. They're the only type who's here to initiate They're here to align with their vision, to inform others when they're ready to do leaders, self-starters, visionaries. They're very much um, independent spirits that are here to freely and independently make waves in society. And they're huge catalysts for change. 
an, a manifest or interesting, all of society has been conditioned by manifestors in that we're told in order to be successful, we need to initiate and start things and go after things. And really that's only correct for manifestors with the other. And I say this because all of us can do what we want whenever, like human design should never feel restrictive. It should only feel expansive and like a step into more of your fullness. And so manifestors, I, I bring that up because manifestors have been conditioned by the rest of society in that oftentimes manifestors are, are away from their truest selves and they feel like they need to people please and they need to uh, make themselves smaller because the manifestors aura can be pretty selective in that it will push the things out of the way that are not meant to be there, even people, and it'll move towards who can help them serve their mission, who can help them move forward. And manifestors, even if, as children, are not necessarily supposed to have their parents give them a bedtime. Like manifestors really are here to initiate, which is their strategy to initiate and to inform. And so when I talk about the strategy, for each. The strategy is how you best use your energy inflow. And so for a manifester, if you were a manifester, it's to initiate, to go like with your impulse, um, feel what your desire is guiding you to, and then you inform. And the informing part is so crucial for manifestors because since manifestors are highly independent, oftentimes they'll just go and do things and people will be like, I don't understand like what they're doing or, or get annoyed about it. And so it's very, very important. You let, you let people who will be affected know what you're doing, but you're not asking for permission. That's the key. You just inform, initiate, inform, and go do what you're meant to do. Make the change, start the thing, and watch how much easier your life flows. That's so interesting. That's like one of the first things when I did my session with Lauren that's like one of the first things she said to me was like, mm -hmm. you feel like you do things and people get like confused or ask you about it or da da da. And I was like, yeah, frequently. And she's like, well, you need to tell them what you're doing and you're not asking, but you just need to tell them what you're doing and um, like how you're doing it or whatever. And, and mm -hmm. that actually is one of like my, one of like the most helpful things that I learned, even though it sounds simple. Um, yeah. It so really is. Informing is huge. Not asking permission, but just informing because when you're in alignment, then you're, you're supposed to feel a deep sense of peace. But when you're out of alignment as a manifester, anger can be what we call the not self theme. Oh yeah. That sounds correct. Mm -hmm. um, very interesting. So, so that's our first type. Okay. What, what's our next one? <laughs> Our next type are the generators. The generators are about 35 to 37 ish percent of the population. And generators are like the batteries of the world. They are here, if you are a generator, to learn what you love and unapologetically go after what lights you up. Generators embody pure sparkly magnetism when they respond to the right things for them, the right opportunities for them. They are master builders, master creators. And they're here to take aligned action towards their goals. They're here to be like really respond. Responding is the generator strategy. And so a generator works in response because since a generator's aura is so open and magnetic and it's constantly drawing things towards them, they have all of these things to respond to all the time. It's just important for them to use their authority, which we're not going to get into today, but authority is your decision-making 
style um, authority to figure out what's correct to respond to for them. Because when generators are lit up by what they love, when they go after the things that feel juicy, they create more energy, not only for themselves, but for everyone else. And so if you are a generator, you're a driving force for the world. And don't feel like, so this is interesting. Um, Cindy, I know you said your sister's a reflector before, and sometimes generators like, oh, I'm the most common one. No, it's not that at all. Literally, the world wouldn't be able to survive if there weren't generators because no one would have any energy. We'd all fall asleep um, <laughs> all the time. Generators are all so unique and they're what create like the light and the momentum and the energy um, in life. And so if you were a generator, what's really important to know, especially as like a quote unquote not self theme is that because you have the capacity to hold a lot, generators often hold a lot of things that aren't in alignment and then they might feel super burnt out. So if you're a generator and you um, are listening to this and you're like, okay, but I don't feel like I have all this energy or I feel like I'm, I'm lit up all the time. Well, look at all the things that the world has potentially told you that you need to hold. And then where can you start creating room? Because when you create room as a generator, that's when the opportunities come in, the correct things to respond to come in and watches your surrounding world just gains momentum and joy and, and how it shifts. And so when you're in alignment as a generator, you should feel a deep, deep sense of satisfaction. When you're out of alignment, frustration is the theme. So, okay, so I have a community question and I kind of think you answered it, but I'm going to ask you anyway. Mm -hmm. So somebody had asked us if they are a generator, can they, should they still be trying to manifest? Yes. So um, <laughs> this question, it's so interesting because manifest and manifestation has become like kind of a buzzword. Yeah. And I think sometimes it's, use incorrectly. So manifestation is for everyone. All of us are here to manifest because manifestation in essence is us becoming an energetic match for what we're calling in. Right. So I think people sometimes get the word confused as like you're, you're drawing, you're wanting something and then you get it. The difference between like making a wish list with the universe or with writing down goals is that manifestation works on the energetic level of kind of like, if you know about the law of attraction or like attracts like, right? Manifestation posits that if you are an, a vibrational match to the thing you're calling in, it will happen because it's like a puzzle piece fitting in the puzzle at the right place. If it's the wrong shape, it's not gonna fit in. It's the, if it's the right shape, it's just gonna fall into line. Um, so yes, if this is a much longer uh, answer, um, but every single type is here to manifest and depending on a lot of details within the chart, you have a correct and like most streamlined way of manifesting for you. But yes, every, every type is here to manifest is the simple answer. Okay. Well, I kind of thought that, but I wasn't sure. Yeah. I'm glad you explained it that way because I do, I do believe that each type is here for a reason and has like a purpose so like it's like you said in the beginning i'm probably paraphrasing but this is like how you can show up in the world like your energetic blueprint of how you're showing up but everyone is here to help manifest and create things and create their own reality and like learn lessons right so mm -hmm. that's where i totally agree with that that you know 
it's just, I think we don't, I actually posted this recently. We don't have a lot of great words in the English language. Like yeah. we don't yeah. have enough to describe like the difference between like a manifester as you're speaking to in human design and manifesting in like the action of it. Right. Like, it, I just think we a whole nother, you know, issue, but yeah. And, and they're like renames of the types. And so don't use the types as anything other than words, because all yeah. of us are supposed to like abundance and all that we want is our birthright, no matter who you are, we are all capable of manifesting, of drawing in, of creating the realities that we want. What human design shows is what's the easiest way to do that for you. So let's say you're a generator, you might have the bottom left arrow points left, which tells me that you are a specific manifester, which says your ideal way of manifesting is one, getting really, really lit up by that thing. Like, and then also becoming super, super detailed about it and writing lists and drawing it in and like allowing your sacral to get really, really lit up and get energized around that. And that's so, so quick of like just a blip of what that could mean potentially. But using that as an example is to say that there's so many areas in the chart in which I look to be like, this is the best way that you can, um, that your being will probably find harmony in being able to draw in and call in what you want. And in a way that probably feels really good and nourishing for you. Yeah. So then next one, I'm guessing is the manifesting generator, man, Jen, which is me. Yeah, that's what I am. So let's, let's get to that one. That's me as well. So Cindy and I are both manifesting generators. Let's get to that. (laughs) We're doing that. So MGs are about 30 to 32% of the population and manifesting generators are the trailblazers, they are here to break boundaries. These are multi-talented, multi-passionate forces that are backed with generators drive and a manifestor's ability to accomplish and they're inherently efficient. So manifesting generators often are tasting all the things that light them up. They're doing a million things at once. They're dabbling in this and dabbling in that and they're inherently efficient and really not here to follow a linear path or live by anyone else's rules. So Similar to a generator, they're here to respond to and test the waters and all that lights them up and then listen when it's time to let go and move on to the next thing. They're really like new age beings who are here to lean in, follow their light and taste all the things. And so it might not make sense to anyone else as a manifesting generator because oftentimes you're a little bit all over the place. You're dabbling in this and that and kind of bringing it all together in your unique way of living the world. you know, where generators can get caught in the shoulds um, about what they should do and like holding on to too much of what doesn't light them up. Manifesting generators can do that similarly, but manifesting generators more than anything can have conditioning around being non-committal or like changing their mind or being flighty or needing to hold on to something longer than it's due. Since manifesting generators are inherently efficient and they're here to like really taste all the things that are exciting. The number one thing to decondition is letting go of the need for your path to look a certain way because it it is just not going to be linear. And a manifesting generative strategy, it starts in response like the man uh, like the generators in that your aura actually has the capacity to like have the most energy. Oftentimes I see manifesting generators though um, having like more autoimmune diseases than any other type because their energy isn't, doesn't operate necessarily like the world has taught us to. It, it dabbles in all the things. And so 
we often like hold on to things too long, which then causes disease in the body. And so it's really, really important to free up where your being is holding on to the things that aren't in alignment because you're here to respond. And then you envision that experience as if you're tapping into the motion. And when then this moment of truth happens and that's when the manifestor part of you clicks on and you're here to then inform and initiate. Um, when manifesting generators are aligned, they should feel satisfaction and peace when they're out of alignment, can feel frustration and anger. Well, Cindy, I feel like I know so much about you. <laughs> yeah, well, all of that describes me to a T, so yeah. <laughs> I mean, it really does, it truly does. Yeah, yeah, it's so real. real. I am curious about the projector because my husband is a projector. Yeah. So I have like Googled it and like, I'm sure his, my husband's mother thinks I'm like batshit because I asked her, I was like, what time is it? I pulled it up myself to find out. I, you know, past like actually looking at the thingy, I like don't, I just know he's a projector. So I'm excited to hear you talk about it. Yeah. So projectors are about 22 to 25% of the population. I actually think that they're slightly more because we're moving into an age where they're going to be more projectors than any other type. Oh, actors are really here to manage and guide and direct the energy of the other types. So the first three types that I just talked about are known as quote unquote energy beings because they have consistent access to either manifesting or generating energy. We all have the whole chart. I just say this in that when you look at your chart, you'll have these triangles and squares, which are known as the centers. They're effectively like the chakra points um, that are either going to be colored in or white. And if it's colored in, you have access to that 24 hours a day, seven days a week. If it's white, those are the areas that you can amplify the other. They're open. Their areas are super empathic. So Cindy mentioned earlier, she has an open emotional center, meaning it's inconsistent, but she also can amplify and like be super wise about that of the other. It's just important to have boundaries in the area. I bring that up because um, projectors and reflectors don't have consistent access to those like manifesting and generating centers, but they can feel them even more and amplify the other even more, which is important for them to like flush out and have space away so that they can come back to equilibrium. So projectors here to manage, guide, and direct the energy of the other types. They have this perspective and sensitivity and awareness that allows them to see systems and read people unlike any other type. It's like for projectors, one of the most important things is to recognize your unique gifts first and recognize how you see the world uniquely or how you see a system uniquely or just your that your unique view and vision of how everything operates is so crucial. And then wait for the right people to recognize your brilliance and invite you to share your wisdom the ultimate guides for the entire tribe. I think of the projectors as like the birds on the tree where they're looking down at all the energy beings doing all their things. And then they kind of see the best way to help help all the types operate. And so a projector's strategy is to wait for the invitation and recognition. Mm -hmm. And I'll give an example of this. That projectors can get really caught up on this sometimes. Like, what do you mean? I can't just do what I want. Remember, even the manifestors are like the initiators. Everyone can do what they want whenever they want. This has to do when we use our energy with the others because projectors, when they're out of alignment, especially in childhood, they can be seen as like know-it-alls or maybe you were telling a friend like this piece of advice the whole time, but it was unsolicited. And then someone else told the friend the same piece of advice and you're like, what the heck? I've been saying this the whole time and you listen to this person. And so 
for a projector, the weight for the invitation and recognition is how you best have your energy flow with the other. And this is how it looks like. Let's say that you are on an island and there is a palm tree with a bunch of coconuts on it and you want one of the coconuts to drink. Well, you don't have to wait for the palm tree to invite you to cut down the coconut and drink it. You can just cut down the coconut and drink it. The palm tree is not going to speak to you. But let's say um, uh, you are a projector and you're on the island and your friend Johnny is there and you know, cause you're a projector and you know that you see the other so well that Johnny is thirsty. This does not give you the right to cut down the coconut and force feed Johnny. He's really not gonna like that. But let's say that Johnny's like, oh, I'm so thirsty. You can go, oh, Johnny, there's a coconut on the tree. Would you like me to cut it down for you? And he's gonna be like, that is the most brilliant thing I've ever heard my projector friend. Yes, please. And so that's what an invitation looks like. It's like the number one thing for projectors is you can always create an invitation. The best way to do that is by asking questions. Oh, would you like to hear my insight on this? And the more and more you have that invitation, the more you feel so much success and flow in life. Um, when you're out of alignment as a projector, you can also feel a deep sense of bitterness. Mm, very interesting. Mm -hmm. That applies to your husband some of that stuff? Um, the being mistaken for a know-it-all thing, absolutely. <laughs> he does the unsolicited advice. I yeah. love DJ. Yeah. He is the love of my life. Yeah. We complete each other, yada, yada, yada. Um, he is so painfully like <laughs> that he just, everyone like yeah. wants to talk, talk about things, talk about all the things he knows, like, and not in like a, a bad or like a mean way, but yeah, totally. Like, <laughs> yeah, he's so funny. That makes so much sense hearing you say that. Mm -hmm. it's huge well especially as a manifester too manifestors are not here to be told what to do literally by anyone so there can be even more of a little friction about that if the energy is not being exchanged in the correct way um he is like the most supportive human being in the world and like i knockwood um have probably like less than one hand's worth of fingers has he ever tried to tell me what to do um and that's probably why it works so well <laughs> So that's so good to hear because that can be, that can cause a lot of friction when, especially when manifestors are told what to do or like that anger. So yeah. our yeah. final type though, reflectors who are about one to 2% and Cindy's sister is a reflector and reflectors are here to be the wise observers. If you look at a reflector's chart, all of those triangles and squares, which are those centers, right? They're all going to be white. And so what I said before is, if it's white, those are areas where you really can magnify the other, right? You can really amplify the other, but you're inconsistent there. And so reflectors are like these human mirrors who magnify the world around them. They're deeply connected and affected by the cycles of the moon. The health and well-being of reflectors are, are quite literally reflective of what's happening in the larger collective. And they view the world in a novel way and really show others the gift of who they truly are. So if you want to see who you are and have that reflected back to you, really stand in front of a reflector um, who's aligned. And so if you are a reflector listening, you probably can relate to all of the other types because probably throughout the course of a month, you are all of the other types. And I say this because the reflector, since they're so open, they quite literally are a lot like whoever they're around. And so it's important for them to flush that out. And as a reflector, your strategy is 
it's lunar. It's, it's based on the lunar cycle is to wait a full lunar cycle or 28 days. And this does not mean that like, if you, if you want dinner, you have to wait 28 days to figure out what you want for dinner. No. What this means is that for big decisions, because reflectors are such lunar beings and are really, really impacted by the moon cycles, as we all are, but just reflectors even more so, it's important with any big life-changing decision. So let's say that you are, it's the moon is in Sagittarius, which is like all about higher thought. It's also about travel. And suddenly you want to drop everything and travel the world. Well, that's not the day to necessarily do that. Because two days later, the moon's going to move into Capricorn, where maybe you're like ready to grind on your business. And then two days later, the moon moves into Aquarius, where you're moving into all your humanitarian endeavors. And then the moon's in Pisces two days later, and you're all up in the clouds and into the wisdom of the spirit world. Like reflectors shift so often. So one of the greatest gifts, one, is to give yourself time with decisions and also to be so open to constantly evolving and shifting um, as your surroundings do. Pay very, very close attention to who you're surrounded yourself by because you, one, you have like a choice in who you choose to create in your outer world. And also uh, those are mirrors for who you are. And if you don't have correct boundaries, like potentially you can absorb that or amplify that what I say for all of the open centers for everyone is observe, don't absorb. And when a, when a reflector rather is in alignment and flow, they should feel such a sense of surprise when they're out of alignment, they can feel a deep sense of disappointment. And so those are the five types of very, very brief overview. Okay. So before we, we're going to wrap up soon before we end, on a couple of fun questions. So it was just so interesting hearing you talk about reflectors because so I, although I'm a manifester, I am almost all completely white in my mm -hmm. chart. And hearing you talk about reflectors was like, oh my God, that kind of sounds like me sometimes. Yeah. So even if we're someone that is technically something else, is it normal or like, should we be looking at other things to see if something like resonates the way that that just did for me. Yeah. Yeah. And so this is why I'm always like, and there's since human design has become more popular, there's like a lot of focus on energy type, but type is just the surface. So for example, you related a lot to that. Well, same. Cause I I'm pretty defined, but I have an open identity center. Mm. So my environment highly affects me. And guess what? I'm not supposed to know who I am. And I really, I really can become the other and chameleon and understand the other. That's a gift, right? But I also have to have boundaries because I could take on someone's identity if I am not careful and didn't know that. And so there's so many nuances and differences and like things in people's chart that make us all highly individual. And so with all your, your openness and your chart, yeah, those are, I always say your openness are like the gifts. And there are also areas we need boundaries to really understanding those and being like, oh, that's why I suddenly feel this so strongly around this. Or let's say you have an open heart center. Oh, that's why I feel like I need to prove myself to this person. Or maybe you have an open root center and, and 
you're amplifying all these people who have defined root centers over here and you're feeling all of this stress that you're not actually supposed to feel in your when you're in alignment. So every all of these energy types you could relate to bits and pieces of of what I said because there are probably areas of that in your chart just in different ways and in how they express themselves. So fascinating. Mm-hmm. Just wait until you see my name pop up on your like client calendar. <laughs> Woo, I can't wait. <laughs> All right. Well, we are absolutely going to have to have you on for like a, a part three, four, five, ten. Um, <laughs> still have like pages of you questions. Literally, a whole page of questions we didn't, we get, didn't to. get to. Um, oh no. <laughs> we're in the flow. It's all good. Um, It's all good. I really want to end this on a fun note. So I remember it was back in June. I think you did a whole series on human design movie about like celebrity profiles. Mm -hmm. So, so interesting. Um, so do you personally have like a favorite celebrity that you like know their profile or is there one that's like really interesting that you feel inclined to share with us Ooh, um you know what I thought was really interesting so I am a six two and Shaq Kobe Bryant and LeBron James were all six two all six twos so interesting I I just thought that was really interesting that there were like three of the top basketball players who are all six twos. I also, there are a bunch of interesting, um, like Billie Eilish is a five one, which I think is super interesting. There are a lot of like pop stars that are five ones. I'm a five one. Wait, what is that? Are you? Yeah, like MLK was a five one, Drake's a five one, Lady Gaga and Madonna are both five ones. But then like there's people who are all, really I'm excited about all of them because it just, every time I learn about what someone's chart is or profile, like if, if type is the, your aura profile is more like the character, the archetype of who you came out at, came, came into the world as. And so learning just like all of the, who everyone is and what their profile is, is so fascinating to me. That was, so- we'll have to get into on a later date. <laughs> yes. yes, please. I'm holding you to that. Um, All right, Katie. Well, thank you so much for getting slightly spiritual with us today. For anyone out there listening, if you have any questions for Katie, you can find her on Instagram amongst many other places, but you can find her on Instagram at human design lady. And thanks for listening. We will see you guys next time. Thanks so much. Bye.